So it's County Live. We're back again. And Chris, guess who's back? He's back in full guess attack. Guess who's back? Off, off further. Oh, it feels like it feels like we're back in the old routine. No? We've maybe not it. quite. <clears throat> maybe not quite. But um, yeah, here we are. Stop all County Live with your weekly Jim Gannon interview. Uh, welcome back, Sir Jim. I mean, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, here we are. He's, he's off furlough. The, the club is back up and running. Is is one step closer to closer to business as usual. We have Jim Gannon back in the building. Yeah, well, let's get straight to it. Here's Chris and Jim. Jim Gannon, four months after our last piece where we were talking about the game that had just been and the game that was up and coming. We have you back on Stockport County Live. It's a pleasure to have you back. Jim, good evening. No, it's great to be back. It's uh, a little bit different circumstances. We're not sitting at the ground uh, chatting over a brew. Um, this is the, the new normal, at least for the time being. How have you found the last few months? Um, been, been very strange, I'm sure, for everybody. But um, kind of, um, look, I miss me football, and I think everybody does. But um, we, we've probably been very fortunate as a family. Would you know there've been five of us and a reasonable room, and um, and I've enjoyed the period to be able to sort of, if you like, centre myself as a person, uh, gather me thoughts, and enjoy family time. But um, four months is a long time without doing what you really love doing. So I think. Um, we're all looking forward to getting back to work. I think I think I saw you put something about that on Twitter because, of course, now you, you're on Twitter. You're active on there. <laughs> is that something you've picked up uh, in the last few months? Well, I, I kind of joined Facebook and Twitter a long time ago, and um, but I've not been as active. Um, perhaps I didn't really appreciate um, how people connect, um, and I kind of found it maybe as a dangerous ground for somebody in the public arena. But but you know, the more of kind of seen or read there's some great information out there a great way of connecting with people and but whether it be as a professional person a manager of a football club i think you can connect with people in different ways and i think um perhaps um through that medium people get to know me as a, a person um a professional a father you know and a family man so uh, hopefully i'm i'm adding to the the the, the good side of twitter hopefully <laughs> Um, I've got well, we we value it, Jim, and uh, I, I think you have been. It's um, it has been an interesting four months. Uh, much of the talk has been around if football will come back, how will it look, when will it come back, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, now the wheels have kind of slowly started to turn again. People are starting to look forward. We'll just jump straight into it. There's been um, a bit of movement out the club, which we'll look at first. Um, Elliot Osborne, Fester South, they have moved on. Um, I assume you wish them well, but just give us a little bit of background of of, of, of their moves. Yeah, was, I mean, again, it's um, you know we don't want to be losing good young players, and um, you know when when the new owners come in, uh, Elliot was one of the first players I recommended. Um, you know, given his age profile, his impact this season, he was a top goal scorer. He was the first one that I wanted to sit down with and um, try and engage him for next season. Um, Again, uh, you know, we've got to. It's a difficult one because the club has um, aspirations to bring in uh, league players, um, and so it was a, a delicate balancing act uh, between sort of how we valued the the new type of player and how we valued our old type of player. Um, you know, and um, you know, as things progressed, Elliot found himself being at the centre of interest from league clubs such as Stevenage. So, uh, and unfortunately, the, the deal that we put. To, Elliot was um, perhaps not as good as the one that Stephen had offered, and um, and that wasn't that we couldn't 
match their offer, but that's just where we've seen Elliot's uh, contract being structured in what we're, we're looking to do going forward. So um, I think Elliot could have enjoyed a great journey with us because um, he was, um, I believe, capable of playing in the league. And um, so it's disappointed to, to lose him and, and your Festus, but um, you know, we've got to understand that the, these players are go- and their agents are going to find other opportunities that are exciting and um, perhaps um, uh, tick a lot more boxes for what they want at this stage in their careers. The, the, the Festus transfer, I mean, he's it's a player that a lot of fans warmed to last season, but that sheer step up, you know, championship, if, if Hull can maintain that status, even if it's League One, it's still a big step up. I, I don't think there's any denying that he has the potential uh, within him um, to make that step up through his career. Is it is it a move that you kind of accept because it's that exciting step up? Well, it, it's not so much that... Um... Accepting that, I think, I mean, it was clear that when Festus come to us, um, there was a lot of work to be done. Um, he'd been released from Oldham um, and through the project that me and Alan set up to connect the academy with a men's football or an intermediate stage, um, Festus played a lot of games for Stockport Town, uh, played for us the Cheshire Senior Cup two seasons ago. And then obviously we got him out to the next level with, um, you know, the, the next low. And then pre-season was a big opportunity for him to stake a claim for what was going to be a smaller squad um, to be the next one in. And um, kids stepped up, did brilliant pre-season and obviously took his chance and um, got a lot more games at this level than most players of his age would ever get off any other manager. Um, and because of that, I think his uh, stock has gone up because you know the, the, the modern recruitment now places a lot of value on age and and games played um, we obviously we recognised from an early stage that Festus was going to continue to be part of our group but uh, I wasn't comfortable with the salary he was on so we offered him quite early on in October an, an improved offer and then we offered him a, as things changed at the club we offered him an even greater deal uh, but unfortunately um, perhaps um, the agent was aware of what was happening outside and um, was perhaps driving a move uh, away from Stockport, um, so we felt it was um, it was going to be a difficult stage where we had to decide whether we we get you know Festus wasn't committed to us, then we have to decide on what we do. Um, in terms of the step up, I think you know I, I I sort of explained to to Festus that he could enjoy an incredibly exciting journey here. Uh, he's a type of player that was ready for our team at this level, and I think as we make progress. He'd make great progress and he could easily play in the league with us uh, and go on to fulfil all his ambitions. Um, but often there's a lot of players who, who want to make that step and they want to make it quick. Um, so I think time will show really whether it was the right decision. Uh, you know, people like Elliot, Eddie Clark, uh, many other players that were here that have kind of gone from playing games at a certain level and jumped up to a level and found it really difficult to continue their progress and get caught up in not playing men's football and get up in development structures and end up having to come out backwards to kind of, to regain their their game time, you know, real game mm-hmm. time. So, uh, Professor is a, is a confident lad. He's well-skilled. Um, you know, he's not, he may, may be of young age, but he, he's a man, um, you know, both physically and mentally, and I think he's ready to make a step up. And I think if... Um, Hull do a really good job in 
set them into full-time football, he could easily make that step. Um, but um, I, again, I hope it happens in that way for him rather than be in a situation where perhaps he, um, in a year or two, as we make progress and perhaps a whole go backwards, that he kind of regrets that um, he's not played and fulfilled his apprenticeship that perhaps he needed to, to really go to a club like that and establish himself as a really good League One championship player. Yeah. Um, but before we move on to the, the players who may be coming in and, uh, and filling those gaps, there has been some transfer activity this week, starting with your own players and the current crop that we have. Uh, we saw the statement come out that some players are staying on and a couple are moving on. Could you just give us a run through of that list and, and maybe some th some idea of the thinking behind those decisions? Yeah, I, I tried in the piece to explain what we're thinking. Uh, you know, I'm not one for, you know, just making factual statements. I kind of, I think, our audience, whether it be the players or whether it be our fans or sponsors or the owners, they, they kind of deserve an explanation behind the thinking. Um, and I think people then completely understand where you're coming from. Now, if I go back to the original statement, we had a, a really difficult off-season where um, obviously the intention of the club was to put together a really strong group of players. And it's not like that any of our current players weren't good enough because clearly they got us into seventh spot in the league. The challenge was, was that the club wanted better. They wanted the, the next level of player. And these players are good enough for this level. What the club wanted was players to take us to the next level. Um, but we had to temper that uh, if you like that ambition with uh, an understanding of what the current budget would be. Um, so therefore we kind of put ourselves in a, a holding position for three months where we kind of retain players on short-term contract. Uh, we, we work really hard as a club to make sure that all our players got paid beyond their current contracts. And um, we obviously used a furlough scheme to keep people in work as it was meant to do. And hopefully we, we got them through a, a very difficult phase if they were made unemployed at, you know, at the end of their contracts. Um, but some of the players were given the opportunity, perhaps in if the budget was of a certain level and the club had a, a rethink about how many people it was going to have of a certain level, then there was a chance these players could play a part. And, and I wanted to hold out that hope for Paul Turnbull and Sam Walker and uh, Bell Elliott Osborne and Sam Minahan. And um, it was clear that we wanted to engage with Ben and Adam, Thomas uh, Keno, gave him a new contract and Ash Palmer because uh, I wanted to keep a core of players together. But we got to a point uh, that was announced today where we've re-engaged uh, six players uh, and unfortunately that Paul Turnbull and Sam Walker are, are going to join a list of seven other players that have been released and um, you know, because um, at this stage we feel that the kind of players that we can attract and where we want to go. And uh, the medium-term thinking is is that uh, a different type of player will be required for now and, and to grow at the club to fulfil not just the ambition of getting out of this league, to, to compete extremely well at the next level. Uh, I know you went over in, in your piece and I know it's been covered by, uh, by several county fans um, online, on, on Twitter, on Facebook and everywhere else, but... Paul Turnbull and Sam Walker, two two players that have really um, uh, captured the mood, if you like, uh, of the last couple of seasons. They've really played integral parts. I saw your um, notes earlier on that, that, that Paul Turnbull, you know, he's obviously a player that's close to you. He's played in in all three spells here. He captained the championship team, uh, the, the championship winning team. Um, Sam Walker, 
it's, you know, it's well documented. It was it was a tough start. By the end of it, he was a really key player. And you think back to some of those performances, the goal against Spennymore from the free kick that didn't really have any right to shoot from there. And it's it's found its way into the back of the net. And moments like that, that these players were really, really key in that season. Um, I just I want to give you the opportunity, if, if you would, just to kind of say a couple of words on, on their contribution the last few years. Yeah, well, well I mean, a, a lot of people were excited by the announcement today, but I was re- felt really flat um, because the, f- at the forefront of my mind is the thinking on these two players. Um, you know, the other players are extremely excited about continuing the journey to really invest in the project. But for Paul and Sam, it was a it was really, really difficult decision and very, very saddening for me, really, because it's, you know, it's not, you know, we, we can recount many moments this season when they've they've done things that you think are incredibly important in terms of what we're trying to achieve. You know, you've got a captain and a stalwart over three periods in which I've been manager. You've got somebody who was the players' player of the year in, in the champion season, which is an incredible accolade when you consider the quality that was delivered that season. Um, and even now, it's still really hard to explain to myself the thinking of why these players can't play a, a place going forward. And um, but we, we understand that we've, you know, with, with Jordan Keane uh, concentrating on midfield and uh, Lois Maynard at the club and type of players we're looking to bring in. It's going to be very hard um, for Paul and Sam to play as much football as they perhaps like. Um, but there's no doubt over the, the last few seasons what these these two have played in, in the team. I mean, they've been our four and they've been our eight. Um, you know, even even in the running at the end, uh, Paul's delivery from set plays for Asher Ebsfleet and Sam Walker's deliveries throughout um, have been really, really important players for us. Uh, and more importantly, that they're, they're, they're great people, great professionals, and um, it's been really, really. It's going to be a really. Uh, it's going to be a little bit empty without them, and um, you know, no, no, a lot of pressure on myself and Simon to to bring in players that uh, and people that are better than them. Yeah, uh, I think those sentiments will be uh, very well echoed, and uh, obviously the club. And the fans will always remember those two players in certainly in high regard. Um, let's look at the players that are the new boys uh, in the ranks, uh, the Jennings brothers. Just, just obviously, county fans will know one a little bit better than the other. Just give us a bit of a talk through of your decision there, why those guys are, and what you expect to see from them. Well, if we can talk a little bit about the, the players we've re- retained. I mean, obviously, we've you know we, we've got a lot of respect for Ben. Uh, we've got Liam Hogan's a brilliant addition. Ash Palmer forged a great partnership last season. Um, we wanted to keep a, a tremendous, um, if you like, the integrity of the back four or five, if you include the keeper. So to keep Sam Minahan as well means we've got four of that five. I think the, the consistency of the defence will be important next year. So it was really important that we attracted a left back. And we'll come back to, to James on that regard. Um, but we've got Lois and Keno to give us um, the holding midfielder angle. Um, Richie Bennett's obviously the nine that we've been lacking. Uh, you know, Frank and Niall at different stages have shown their quality, but we need a strong, consistent number nine. Um, and we've kind of kept Niall to compete, um, you know, and to to be a deputy and a developing player behind uh, thing. But you know, we'll, we'll add players that will put pressure on those guys to compete. Um, so I think like last season, you know, the centre of our team has been fine. Our right's good with Sam Minahan and Adam Thomas. Uh, but last season, you know, we we lost Jamie Stott, we lost uh, Scott Duxbury, we lost um, Matty Warburton. 
um, you know, for different reasons, we lost Darren Stevenson and Jake Kirby. So, and um, we had some great loans last year that filled in really well in difficult times for us. But it was clear from the day that uh, Simon got involved in recruiting that the left-hand side of the team was really important that we rebuild and rebuild with real quality. And um, so Connor was a, a massive target for us in terms of playing off the 11 and, and coming inside. Very versatile attacker can play as a, a nine, second, nine, ten, or even play off the right. And he just he's such a well-skilled player that will make things happen up front. Uh, James's brother, I've always been an admirer from his Macclesfield's day, is a um, very consistent performer at this level, uh, been involved in success um, and uh, brings a lot of experience. Um, so um, at the moment, you know, whether they're going to be the, the left back and left winger uh, remains to be seen, but certainly having those two aboard gives us tremendous uh, strength. And if you add them to the other guys, uh, we're not missing a lot of uh, players to, to have a really good start in 11. And, and as we add more quality over the next week or two, uh, we can see not just the 11, but the 16, 18 shaping up really well and giving us um, lots of depth, lots of quality, lots of experience um, and, a, and a lot of uh, football and know-how that we should be confident we're going to have a good season. have to ask you, here's prick up when you, when you say about strengthening the squad further in the next couple of weeks. Does that mean that the county, county's business in the transfer market is, is far from over before the season starts? Uh, yeah, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, Simon's working really hard. Um, there's some really critical um, signings that we're looking to, to bring in. I mean, um, we're conscious now. Um, I mean, O'Connor gives us an option at 10, but I think um, goals from attacking midfield, uh, you know, an eight with um, an eye for goal or a, a 10 uh, that can create as many goals as as the tens of tens have been our top goal scorers in the last two seasons. Um, you know, we need uh, other types of attackers, you know, penetrators, quick players to give us different tactical dimensions. Uh, so, um, you know, Simon's working on three deals at the moment. We hope will bring real quality to the front line. Um, you know, we are also conscious that, you know, you look at the, we've lost Festus, so we need a young centre-back and, and our preference would be a, good left-footed centre-back, uh, perhaps to to, to, to complement what we've got. And if we decide to play different formations next year, you know, rather than using, you know, Dan Cowan uh, as a left centre-back, we've got a natural, good young centre-back in. Um, we perhaps need another option um, in midfield, a left-footer, uh, maybe another option on the right. So our ideal squad we've talked about is a 20-man squad. Um, I kind of see that being made up of three main sections. Um, the core group we've retained probably will provide six or seven dogs players. Uh, we've already got uh, Liam Hogan, Lois Maynard, Richie Bennett, Connor Jennings, James Jennings. So we're, we're looking at seven or eight really good quality players. Um, we may add to those quality players and have a larger group of new, experienced, good professionals. Um, and then Depending on the balanced squad, we do want to give the opportunity for players who are perhaps a touch younger and developing, but still proven with great potential to not only contribute this season, but also to add to the club as we go forward. Um, I mean, we're all critically aware that this isn't, um, you know, like the days when I took over and we were in the bottom of the league and there was low expectations. I could 
develop young players and bring them through and end up with a really good young team that went to Wembley and, and looked like they were going to go again to the Championship. I think this time round, we need to start on the front with the experience and the proven ability to be right at the very front of this division from day one. Um, and the squad profile this season will be very much about that. Uh, but there'll still be room within that 24 good young players that we feel that have got what it takes to be successful at this level, but also could grow into really good league players for us as well. One player that I can't um, look past when you when you go through the, the potential slots available in the squad, um, Jim, you talk about a left-sided centre-half, someone who's young, someone who's hungry, someone who's you know able to maybe make the step up in a year or two uh, as required. Uh, there's one name that, that I'm thinking of, I'm sure every fan watching this right now has it on their lips, um, who was released from Oldham just a few weeks ago. Uh, feel free not to commit to anything, but has the name Jamie Stock run through your mind at all recently? Uh, of course. Um, you know, Jamie's a really good player. He had a fantastic stint with us. Um, just a little bit disappointed from how things went at Oldham. Obviously, players like Jamie should be the type of player that come into Oldham's team and that, you know, you know, a provincial side building with a really good academy players coming through. And um, so, but, you know, it's not for me to say how Oldham run the football club and what type of players they bring in. Um, but um, I'm so disappointed for Jamie that he didn't achieve much more this season than that he yeah. was capable of. Um, but yeah, no, he's, um, you know, me, me and Simon have discussed it and the staff have discussed at length uh, the kind of profile of player we want at left centre-back. Um, you know, fans have probably noticed that, you know, we've always, you know, talked about good players, good professionals, you know, um, and good people. And um, when you've worked with someone like Jamie, you know, they tick all, they're all them three things. And um, I've worked with Connor before and Richie Bennett before. And, um, and you know, you get a good feel from players when you speak to them um, and you meet them or you, you get character references. But when you work with somebody, it goes a long way to, to really understanding what they're about. And uh, we know that with Jamie. Um, I think as a, as a club, uh, as we look at the recruitment, we... We have to decide how, how, how often we perhaps might play three at the back. Uh, and if we're going to play that maybe as the main system or a very strong part of our thinking, then do we go for a very experienced um, left centre back um, that's available from the league? And so there's a couple of people we've been discussing that would be more experienced and more of that next level. Um, but certainly um, we'd like to consider. Um, the likes of Jamie, a young, uh, you know, a player that's proven, um, you know, whether that be in League Two or National League, but also somebody that we feel that can grow and grow and, and, and play either in a four or, a, or or in a five or a back three, whichever way you want to look at it. And, um, you know, we haven't spent as much time on that as perhaps um, we have, um, you know, having left-backs coming in um, and having two main centre-halves and a right-back, we've kind of I think Simon's focus has been really trying to get the, the 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 other end of the pitch sorted out and get the real quality in that we need to um to, to be reassured that the goals for Colin will look really healthy. Um you know to think that we we're in the top seven last year without um you know with a, I think five or six goals from our nines. Um you know our top score was nine. We we definitely need to get three goal scorers in and proven goal scorers. 
Uh, we know we're going to get goals from other areas. Um, you know, there's no doubt our centre halves and uh, our midfielders will chip in from set plays and, and open play. Uh, but I think uh, the, the, what we wanted to do initially was to, to structure the squad to make sure that we had a uh, our own players and uh, key players in key areas to make sure we have a good eleven. Then add quality to the ranks to strengthen the 14 and 16 players, and then maybe look beyond that. Then at maybe the the next level of player um, that gives us tactical options, gives us strength and depth, uh, gives us some variety in the way we play. Um, so yeah, it's it, you know Jamie's definitely on a list of players that we've discussed for the left centre back, and um, but you know. There's a lot of conversations to be had, not just with the players, but also with Simon and the agents and um, weighing up all the permutations um, and seeing which is the right player for us to invest in uh, for this season and for the seasons coming to make sure that we were at the forefront of this division. Um, one, thing that's, one thing that's quite interesting to hear, uh, and it takes us nicely into the next um, kind of round of conversation, if you like, I'm hearing Simon's name come up quite a lot in this conversation. This isn't something that's new this time last season. Obviously, we wouldn't have been Simon's name wouldn't have been come up in these discussions. We've obviously seen the additions backstage as well of Michael Raines coming back, Damian Allen coming, Alan Lord moving around. There are things going on behind the scenes as well as just on the, the playing surface. Are you happy? It sounds it sounds like a, a much bigger machine now that, that's at work with the way that the new setup is. Uh, very much so. I think anybody that's um, been around the ground or met any of the people involved, uh, you know, this club's gearing up for not just the next level, but many levels above. Um, now, you know, we nobody wants to be too pretentious and build a championship structure. Um, it's all got to be delivered on the pitch. And um, but I think um, Mark Stott's um, successful businessman, and he knows that he needs to put the right people in place to to build what he, you know, wants to build at a football club. And I think he's placed a lot of trust in Simon as director of football. Uh, you know, there's a new breed of people in the game now, you know, that have been educated in the, you know, sporting directorship. And, um, you know, uh, Simon's more of the that style than perhaps the Barry Fry director of football that I worked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peterborough, you know, a, a kind of really good footballing guy with know-how and understanding of the game and uh, you know, but Barry's a, an exceptional type of director of football. Um, Simon, Mark has placed a lot of trust in in Simon as a director responsible for football, and um, and you know he's got a he's got a massive job on because there's a you know you've got to understand that we were very much um, going back six or seven years ago when we got relegated into to part time sixth tier that a lot of structures at the club were dismantled and lost. Um, and it, it's not easy to turn that round overnight. So um, whether that be just turning full-time and, and have a full-time training ground, uh, which is be really key to getting the best out of our players or restructuring our youth development so it moves more from just being an education to a, a, a football and excellence programme. Um, there's a lot of work. Um, you know, and I'm... I'm I, I, completely appreciate what Mark's trying to achieve and why Simon's here and um, you know and, and embracing the if you like the person that kind of um, was the the leadership above um, many times in my career I've been asked to do a lot more than a football manager you know in terms of dealing with agents um, you know I've, I've 
you know, helped out the academy. I've, I've been very involved in the training facilities, uh, the expansion of the club from part-time to hybrid and, um, you know, and deciding how we can be really, really cost-effective in our structures. And uh, I think Simon has um, a background in, in, in the directorship side of football and, um, you know, he wants to put in place a kind of a, a structure that not just serves the club really well this season, but for, for many years to come. Um, I mean, what we're putting in place is going to be uh, a structure that this club can grow into as we make progress. And, um, you know, for, for in some ways, perhaps the football side is, has outgrown the, the club structures, uh, you know, and professionalism is driven by the football side. And, and now I think we're in a situation where with the current board and directors uh, that we're going to have a football club that's driving the professionalism and that the football will come up to that standard. So, um, and, and uh, you know, it, it's extremely difficult to come into a football club in the middle of a season um, and start building these structures, um, you know, to move a club from part-time to full-time. But then when you add in all the complications of COVID and uh, managing, you know, um, you know, real dynamic management's been needed at all levels of the club. And, and I'm sure this is going on not just within the clubs at every level, in every industry, schools. Uh, it's been really a challenging time for every manager, for every headmistress or headmaster or every business operator. Um, so Simon's managed that with incredible uh, skill. and um, but, but now he's, he's probably got more of a smile on his face now because he can see some of the fruits of his work come into place. Um, some of the players are, you know, are coming aboard. The structures are being built, and we're starting to feel like a full-time club that's uh, shaping up to to meet the ambitions of the chairman. So, uh, for me personally, um, you know, on a one-to-one basis, it's taken a huge amount of pressure off me. And uh, you know, I've, I've had three months at home where I've been able to take stock of all the uh, redo me coaching manuals, um, re- take stock of everything that we've learned from this season because it's despite me and Simon's experience of so many other levels and so, you know, SPL Championship Premiership and really it's what's going to be critical to our success this year is really understanding what works at this level and making sure that we put everything in place and I think Simon got a great grasp of that and together we've been working really hard to make sure that we, we put everything in place to be successful this year and, um, and he's got that huge task of making sure that the club continues to grow at every aspect in terms of the investment and the professionalism that we're striving to achieve. Um, so, you know, um, work continues um, and a lot of work is being done behind the scenes and um, much of that has been down to Simon. It's, um, it, it just sounds like it's brimming with optimism at the moment. I mean, um, who knows when the season will start uh, and how it will look. There's a few dates that, that have been kind of banded around, but no, no one can actually commit to anything yet. By the sounds of things, whenever it does start, it sounds like County will be ready to hit the ground running um, and mount a real challenge this season, really kind of grab the division and say, we're, we're now a big force in this division. Is that how it feels in the camp? Because that's, that's what's coming out. Well, well, you know, um, my, my, my wife keeps reminding me that, you know, what we did last year as a, effectively a part-time side in the first year lo- losing players it was an incredible achievement now yeah. if we can if we can 
Look, and it's not all down to my work. I mean, we, the staff put an incredible amount of work in. The players were unbelievable. You know, the professionalism that they've shown while they're holding down jobs and uh, doing other things in their life. Um, it's, you know, the added travel, the, the added demands of the games, not walking into games where you don't really know what it looks like or feels like, what the opposition like. And, uh, so credit and testament to the professionals and the players. And that's why I've, I've re worked really hard to put a case for every one of them to, to stay aboard. Um, yeah. And the only reason, you know, it's not that they're not good enough, um, you know, it's just that the club is looking for completing the next level of player and, and willing to invest in it. Um, in terms of um, how we're shaping up, I mean, you know, look, uh, you know, there's going to be huge pressure on me this year because um, the investment is there, the structures are there. Um, and there's a lot of pressure on all of us uh, to deliver on what we're capable of. Um, you know, we can now look to maximise our potential. Um, but, but, you know, we also are respectful of this level that there's some really well-shaped teams, um, you know, teams that have been working really hard, adding to their teams every year, um, you know, uh, depending on how the uh, playoffs shape up. You know, we've got, you've got Stevenage at this level and they've become with a parachute payment, a league structures, you've got Notch County and, you know, and you can run through the league, even the teams that were down the bottom there, Wrexham, Chesterfield. They'll all be uh, have aspirations for a far better season this year, and then you can't you can't fault the work of you know the, the guys that, that are in charge at Halifax and Bromley and Woking. They've had incredible seasons, you know, Boreham Woods, you know, with the resources they have. So um, it's a it's a very competitive league, and I've never ever you know when I first walked into London, never underestimated uh, you know what how hard it is at this level to be successful because there's really good people, very resourceful and know how to get results. Um, so, um, and despite what we're putting in place, so we'll be optimistic and positive, but I don't think we'll be the favourites. Um, I think there'll be other teams that um, still have bigger budgets, um, better structures in place already. Uh, we've got to overcome the challenges of the newness, the transition. Uh, these are all things that we've identified that, you know, that we want to work through. We had inconsistencies last year, you know, when we had such a small squad. We want to protect against all those things. And we just want to give, uh, Simon and Mark want to give me every opportunity to be successful. And me and my staff want to give our players every opportunity to be successful. And if we all do that and the players deliver what they're capable of, then I think we've got every right to be optimistic. But we are so very respectful. There's a lot of work to be done, a lot of coming together in pre-season. Um, and you know we've got to take every game, and um, pressure will be on us. Um, we'll we'll be expected to win more games. We're expected to do well, but it's a challenge. I'm certainly looking forward to, and I know the players that have come aboard and the players that have stayed, uh, they just can't wait. For just just finally, Jim, um, over this summer or over this extended uh, extended break, we we've been running these interviews with former players um, from from different eras. Um, Going back to, to, to Kevin Francis, Sean Connolly, we had Matty Mainwaring, of course, much more recent, uh, and everywhere in between, uh, Kareem Fadeen last week, Chris Marsden. Uh, every single one of those players has a little bit of a Jim Gannon story, uh, which just goes to show, uh, how, and they're all good, I should say. <laughs> there was non-negative, non but uh, what that does say is... Um, Apart from the fact that you've played with a lot of a lot of different players and worked with a lot of different players, is you've obviously been involved uh, with the club. I think it would be fair to say Stockport is Stockport County is your club. Um, is this possibly 
and and I, and I say this fully aware of some of the experiences and some of the things that we, that you went through as a player and then uh, again as a manager. But even with all that, is this one of the most exciting times you've seen at County? Oh, without a doubt. Um, I mean, obviously, when I came as a player, I was excited by, you know, I knew we were going to be far better than the second division side or, or whatever it was then, the fourth division side. Um, you know, and I was incredibly excited by Danny Bagara and the project that Brendan L was trying to build. And um, I enjoyed that journey. I think, you know, I know that people got lost along the way, but I was able to enjoy both promotions and to play into championship regularly for, you know, for a club like Stop. That's just incredible for the players that played, but also the fans. Um, you know, we want that again. Um, got a guy with similar ambitions. Um, as a manager, I've it's been a, a, a tougher, tougher time. Of you know, the trust had a really difficult ownership post uh, South Sharks. Uh, that we had um, obviously, the, the, you know, coming back when all the trials and tribulations of coming out of the league and the, uh, the you know the the different ownership issues that kind of with Didier mm-hmm. Man, the, David, the James situation. So many, every time I've come in, I've had a real hard task. Um, and no, not, never moaned about it. Just work really hard to try to get the best out of players. And then when you get the best out of them, then you can take stock. And we've got the club off the bottom of the league. We've we kept the league up the second time. This particular time, we've worked extremely hard to get out the sixth tier of football and, and become a, proud footballing team at the you know full-time national level um, and you know the journey's not complete yet there's a lot of work to be done but we've already had to do that in quite difficult circumstances uh you know this is no disrespect to dave jones or danny bigara they, they were given a lot of money and a lot of support and um and and did great with it and got us to places that you know we hope to see again but um this time round, i think um just excited to, to be given the, the back and the support from uh, an owner and, and not just his money but the, the structure he's put in place that that we've got real I mean my, you know as a county fan we all want to see the club back in the league and that it feels tangible now it feels real uh, we got promoted last year and we got ourselves into a position where we're one step away but we knew there's an awful lot of work to overcome where we were as a club hybrid the finances yeah. we had to get to the league. It would have been an incredible achievement to be in the playoffs this year. And I said at the start of last season to finish in the playoffs would be as big an achievement as getting promoted as champions the year before. And and again that, you know, going credit to all the, the people involved at every level of the club to, to put us in that situation. But um you know but at the end we were supported by the new owner and we've got a taste of the type of player, the type of structure, the type of things that we can look forward to. So yeah, really exciting times. Um, and like I said, I just want to deliver, be- not just for the chairman, but for every fan, uh, because uh, where we want to go has been a long time coming. Well, Jim, let's hope it's not another four months uh, until we have you back on. <laughs> let's, no, no, let's hopefully hope we're talking regular. Break. But uh, listen, it's been absolutely fantastic having you back. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be speaking again soon. Look forward to it. Thank you. Chris, he's back, uh, raring to go, as you would imagine. And you could just, you can just imagine, because, you know, everybody knows how Jim feels about the game of football, about Stockport County and how much he mani- loves being a manager and how much he loves managing this team. And with the, you know, the, the county being on the edge of this, this precipice with the, the new era and, you know, didn't really start, get a chance to start expressing 
what that meant to the club on the pitch. Just, you know, raring to go. Oh, could you imagine? Could you imagine Jim Gannon sitting at home being told you are not allowed to work in football for three, four months, whatever the furlough time was? Can you just imagine him <laughs> sitting there? I, I can't. <clears throat> you know, football is what keeps this man ticking over. And um, we, I think I think he is Mr. Game. He actually tweeted. He's, he's obviously become a bit of a presence now uh, on the platform. But he, he even tweeted something like, I'm glad furlough's over. Let's get back to business. I can't imagine there'd be many workers that tweeted that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he was one of them. And, um, yeah, you can just tell how much he loves the game and, and how happy he is to be back. And I think we echo it. It's only a good thing for the club. The, the, the master is back at the helm, if you like. Yeah, you can just imagine what it must have been like <laughs> in his house every mealtime, you know, with the, the salt and pepper moving, you know, <laughs> moving it around, thinking of, you know, thinking of formations and, and thinking Different of uh, plays, tactics. Yeah. Uh, do, you th- do you see him more as a table football or a, yes, a beauty man? Oh, what a question. You should have asked me that before I did the interview with him. And that way I can <laughs> yeah, put well, it next in. week you can ask him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good question. Um, I I would I would think he's probably a Sabutio man. You, you know, you get that little bit extra time to think about your move and and to plan it around. But then again, for instant competition, you're looking at foosball, aren't you? And it's ugh. yeah. I, I wouldn't like to play him at either. I wouldn't like to play him at either. No, I used to a place I used to work used to have a foosball table, and you weren't allowed to play on it until twelve, but only between twelve and one, and after five o'clock. But it was taken so seriously. People played in <laughs> pairs, and the pairs they were in, they'd had for years and years and years. And I just couldn't break in because I, I you know, I just couldn't, didn't have the time to put in that they'd put in to get any good. So I just concentrated on. I gave myself the uh, the moniker of the best keeper in foosball, and just concentrated <laughs> on on, uh, on on like. So my my backhand, you know, my other hand didn't didn't really do anything. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I think I earned I, that. I, I've never had the privilege of having an office <coughs> with the foosball table in. Um, but a few years ago, we went on holiday with some friends who one of them did have a foosball table in his office. And guess what? We're in a bar, all of us, me, the missus, their families, their, you know, friends and their missus and whatever else. And there's a foosball table there. We've all had a couple of drinks. So guess who gets extra competitive? Doesn't matter if it's a game I've played like five times in my whole life. I want to be the champion of it. And uh, I just got slaughtered. And I mean, ruthlessly slaughtered by the guy who had it in his office because he played it every day. He was a wizard at it and he made me look a right idiot. See, you've had exactly the same experience. I bet you're the kind of kid, though, who flick, who put your thumb behind in the future, which you're not allowed to do. It has to be like like that. But I bet you did that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not under I'm not under any kind of pressure to answer that question <laughs> <laughs> you can't plead the fifth on Sibutio questions anyway um, it's great to have Jim back it's uh, it, it just makes it feel like the season and County being on the pitch and being able to watch them is another step closer it does but in a way it also allows allows the fans I think to draw a little bit of closure underneath the season because um, whether you get in the playoffs or not, whether you win promotion or not, whatever happens, uh, you don't. We, we were sort of robbed of a the opportunity to see what we could do, but b just all the other stuff that comes with it. You know, the end of season party, 
the the kind of the saying, the goodbyes, the 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 excitement of the awards. Oh, point here, yeah, exactly. If you get a point here, you get a point there. The awards, um, you know, two two players who. I mean, you know, we have a great relationship with Festus Arthur and Elliot Osborne. We didn't get that farewell like we got with Matty the year last year and Danny the year before and whoever else, whoever else. You know, we didn't get. You know, we had Rubens Retreat, who we were going to take to the, you know, who who had the tickets, who sponsored the players with us through the season. They didn't get their chance to come with us to the, to the end of season meal and eat players and and all the rest of it. So, yeah. Whereas we can't replicate that. We can have that um, that chat with a gaffer that, that you know once Jim's spoken to you, everything's all right again, and you know you kind of get a whiff of what areas of the of the playing you know the, the playing staff are you going to look to strengthen over the summer? Who's doing this? What's happening there? Um, you just get that little bit of closure that I think certainly I wanted, and I, I can't be the only fan that did. Well, Chris, I think that's a pretty good place to leave it because you, even though you've only got your short sleeves on. You've still got plenty more up your sleeve in terms of interviews. Yeah. Still a few, we'll see you still next a few time. We'll see you next time Finger on Camden Live.